Checking your emails and taking your calls. Ignorant and uninformed. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ignorant and Uninformed, America's favorite podcast. We're coming to you from beautiful Keystone, Colorado, here in Consensual Studios at 545 Productions. And we are your superfluous hosts, Mr. Max Sarakistan Sarak. You use that one a lot. Yeah, I you used it before, yeah. didn't I? It's just Several a, it's times. A, it's one of my favorite. Yeah, adjectives. Uh, that's okay. Adjectives, I guess. There's a lot of We are your repetitive hosts, Mr. <laughs> Max Sarakistan Sarak, Mr. Benji Pickens, hey. and I am Ben Hollywood Whitmore. We're joined in the studio today by a very special guest, none other the from the loins of which came Maximus Sarakistan. Mr. Gary Serac, renowned author and benefactor of the arts and financial advisor and planner and just all around to damn good stars. guy. To the oh. stars. Gary, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm trying to think of all those things that you just said I did. <laughs> I'm confused. I'm making them all up. He's the only one here that is literally just absolutely responsible for somebody else being here. <laughs> no, Nobody else can say that in this room. That's true. Yes. Pretty Ma- Max is here because yeah. of you. So. Yeah. Well, so I, had, I had help. So everybody yep. owes uh, owes Gary a round of applause for producing Max. I, can I don't know, depending on how producing you feel about, Max about me or legal marijuana. Is, we are in Colorado. Well, that's true. So what do, what do they? Uh, we actually give them some, huh? We give, we give the people something. <laughs> yeah. Max. This is your podcast. We give them. We give them some. Max, joy. Absolute besides, pleasure. Besides absolute pleasure, and they also get. 30 minutes of entertainment, and perhaps we make you think and laugh. And no, uh, you guys get t shirts. This is your <laughs> show because uh, you guys are nice enough to give us all the topics. There is possibly, well, 100? What? I mean, how many yeah, topics? No, there's a lot of there, topics guys? in there. Like, it's like you, that jelly bean that game. y'all yep. have sent in. And uh, so every episode, we draw yep. one out. Questions make My the AOL topics. account has been blowing up with topics. Ooh, <laughs> son. Do you remember your old screen names? No, I don't. <laughs> uh, but questions make the best topics. Slamajama69 at Lycos.com. <laughs> yeah, nice. MDIS716. I was Firewolf with a PH. I had all sorts of terrible. Mine, terrible mine usually <laughs> had to do with Ben something. Like Ben Smoking. Uh, like my name ben on Words with Friends is Ben Spelling. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. So. You know, it's all. It always has something to do with okay. Ben doing okay. something. Okay. You know, because hey, that's you give real us a easy. And we release it. What do they get? They, they get, get a t-shirt. t-shirt. You guys get a sweet, ignorant, uninformed t-shirt. The yeah. Heather Red, I believe, is what we're on oh. at the moment. Oh, snazzy. You Twank get... us on the Twitters, at Ig and Un. Hit us up on the Facebooks. You're not going to get that show. in the loot crate. It's true. Screw, the, screw you, loot crate. Uh, email us, topics at ignorantanduninformed.com. Or visit the website, topics at ignorantanduninformed.com. Stream all the episodes. Download the episodes. Be the coolest kid you know. Brought to you by Menin. Lundrigans. By Menin. <laughs> by Menin. By uh, after, after Shave. <laughs> Speaking of topics, Gary, you want to reach in that big old bowl of topicness and grab us a topic? Ooh, I'm going deep. Uh-oh. Oh, look out. Look out. And oh, I'm, looking, this is, I'm really hoping I get a short one. So In the dregs of... The dregs of the, the bowl. Dregs of the Stuff that hasn't seen the light of day for months, years. The paper is actually kind of yellow. Yeah, it's kind of glued together. It's okay, gross. I'm trying to figure out what it was written on. Is it long? It's long. <laughs> is it inappropriate? What the hell is a Dickens? <laughs> <laughs> Jess. <laughs> Maybe when people like say like, Jess? what, <laughs> is, what Jess? It, it must be. I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like what? what the like what in the Dickens? Dickens? 
What in the, the hell is the Dickens? Yeah. What, what the Dickens? What the yeah. Dickens? Okay. I've always said Dickens from the Pickens, but <laughs> that's obviously a sexual innuendo there for the ladies. Um, but uh, I, she knows what that is, so, so that can't be what she's referring to. So no. the Dickens. Yeah, thanks, Jessica Pickens, for the topic. I appreciate you supporting your husband. That's good stuff, man. Is it maybe um, what in the Dickens? What is like, Dickens? Like Charles Dickens? Yeah, like the author. Is that I, where that phrase comes from? I'm thinking it's Charles Dickens. I don't know why I'm thinking that because I can't go back any further. But hmm. Well, now Charles Dickens was, of course, paid by the word for his books, which is why they're so fucking long. <laughs> Makes sense. So maybe well, because yeah, they were, if they you were use published. a word or you find a situation that you're not terribly familiar with, you'd be like, what mm. the Dickens? Because he would just make shit up like <laughs> Shakespeare. Okay. That's, yeah. that's a theory. Maybe. That, okay. That's that's my explanation. That's plausible. To it. Okay. Plausible. What the dickens? Well, once you eliminate the impossible, whatever's left, however improbable. Hmm. Thank you, Sherlock. <laughs> must be the dickens. The dickens. But, I mean, we could go, I mean, because... Uh, There's a lot of phrases like that, though. That you're like, what, what, what does that even mean? Well, like, it could be some old English reference, too, where... You know, the, uh, Dickens was a piece of clothing, or a Dickens was a bullshit a Dickie story. Is a fake turtleneck. Yeah, I know. I've seen those. I uh, owned one. Did you? Yeah, they were once. very popular. They for were a long time for uh, like about a decade. Well, it's a nice way to to wear a turtleneck without actually wearing a turtleneck. It's not as hot, right? My dad, Tom, likes to rock a good. Like is he a, a turtleneck? Like a real turtleneck. Right. He, he's gone to mock turtlenecks now. Oh, but. And I don't know if you know, we're turtlenecks. I've never been able to do. We're fairly stout people, so there's not much of a neck to turtle. But you, you stretched out the neck hole on my <laughs> shirt. He would always. <laughs> my dad and I had matching red Christmas turtlenecks. Aww, do you still have them? No. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. But we would wear that, and like we had these matching vests that we would wear. <laughs> I just remember. That. Are there pictures of this? Oh, I guarantee you, God, Mary I'm has sure pictures of this. Are, I bet there was. Sure I, bet, I bet you guys were a hit at the father son dance. <laughs> <laughs> we had the best choreo. Everyone knows. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I just I just don't know why I was thinking about it. But I was like, I remember always having to fold the turtleneck over a couple times because it was just. To, you know, my neck is so short. Squeezing. It. Oh. It's like a bridge cable, man. It's strong. It's to hold the <laughs> noggin like this. It's got to be strong. So with the turtleneck, like, was it just like over your chin, and that was? No, it was, like, it was just you know all the way around. You know, it's just like no. That's a lot of chin. that's a lot of clothing on your neck, man. I mean, your neck. It's it's supposed you to know? keep you warm. Like I think it was you know I, I worn know in the war. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's supposed to keep you warm. <laughs> so then you get a dicky, and then you don't have to worry about it. You can just wear an undershirt, and then a blazer, and a dicky, and then Wait, what? Are, what's a dicky? Very it's just the top. Yeah, it's just the top it, part of a turtleneck. Yeah, it's like a really short turtleneck that's really maybe six inches long. Yeah. So it's just like a big. And you wear it like under a button up or it's something. Got a little bib. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> got a little bib. Oh, that's what those are called. Okay, yeah. it's a dicky. Okay, what the dicky? That's what they mean. Well, I, I like just the, like phrase origins. I've always thought that "cat got your tongue" doesn't make any sense, but somebody with an English accent saying "cut out your tongue" sounds like that's what somebody would have actually said, and then it got misinterpreted to "cat got your tongue," mm-hmm. "cut out your tongue," you know, "cat got your tongue," what? And so it just became that became the st- the same. Oh, shit. Really? So I, I I like to think like so it's it's probably something like that. Etymology, you know, 
Yeah, no, it really is. I I, I like to I, I don't like to research it. I just like to think of where it might have come from on my own. Okay, so but that's where you, I think. Yeah, I came oh, okay, up with that. Yeah, okay. I don't know. That's I've where I really, because really cat got your tongue bugs. doesn't make sense. You know, it just doesn't even make sense. A cat would never play. With, cats don't. You know, there's that just that, that saying just doesn't even make sense. sense. Okay, you know. Sure. I mean, I guess it could be. Yeah. I have no idea where it came from. Yeah, like Bear Got Your Eyes? What? That doesn't make sense. (laughs) Having trouble seeing in the dark? Yeah, Bear Got Your Eyes? (laughs) Right, you know, it just doesn't make sense. Go, Jack. But I think Cut Out Your Tongue. Did someone cut out your tongue? Hmm. You know, Hmm. makes a lot of sense. Interesting. When you're you're speechless. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Hmm. A lot of the words we get today come from Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. He He made them up. That's true. I wouldn't say a lot. I mean, in the grand scheme of words, I wouldn't say Shakespeare was responsible for creating. You'd be surprised. A, a big percentage of how the about, dictionary. How about eyeball Shakespeare? Eyeball? What was it called before? Eyeball. Just an eye. There's no eyeball. Nobody thought to call it an eyeball. I don't know, man. No, I'm, it's for real. <laughs> I don't know. It maybe man. never showed up in the written language until that point, but that doesn't mean it wasn't said. I guess so. I guess I, I wish I could remember half of them, but there's oh, it's a huge list. Oh, I'm sure. Huge list. I look forward to the video up. on this one that I'm going to make. But you the dictionary is a huge list of words too, and even I mean, even if you came up with two thousand, that's still a pretty small percentage. Oh yeah. So. Well, did the dictionary invent those words just because they codified them? No, but so that's what I'm saying. They were around. But if you think of two thousand words back so when Shakespeare was writing, point. that's a lot. I mean, you think about how many words we've expanded. Now half of them I don't understand. But if you think about 2,000 words back in his day, that's a bunch of words. That's true. Swag. But the same could be said for hip-hop artists and tons of other people that have created slang words. Fergalicious. Just stuff like that. I mean, like there's still – like there's people are still inventing words on a daily basis. Scrumtrelescent. You know, creating different uh, – you know, 10 years ago, no one was saying throwing shade on somebody. True. You know? mm-hmm. But those, those were nobody. That's not making up words. It's just like appropriate. Well, I'm just saying like, yeah, but I'm evolution saying like. language. Yeah, the evolution no, it's, of it's language. A living, right? It's a living thing for sure. Um, I'm just saying it's hard to prove that because there's no one alive today was around to see the colloquialisms used in that era from other people that didn't write them down. That's all I'm saying. So I would say he's credited with the first person that wrote them down maybe. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as opposed well, to the person that coined well, he didn't write he didn't write down his plays his plays were 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 written down after the fact oh really yeah in the Interesting. first folio so how did he published so yeah just out of curiosity yeah, now did, was it all like improvising then or yeah was the it actors, did he tell well, them what to say was Shakespeare, there a Shakespeare script? times they they would write down the parts but like so if you were playing Romeo you got all of Romeo's words and you got the last word of whatever Juliet said, and then you or whoever really? you're talking to, yeah. So you huh. had your your pages, and they had their pages. So together you could put it all. That together would all had to make... be handwritten. Yeah, but oh, yeah. it was it was it wasn't worth writing down a director's script because no, it makes sense. You're not going to copy the whole script and hand it out to thirty people. Yeah, right. you're just going to write just machines. what you have to. Sure. Yeah. I wonder if he worked with piles. You know what I mean? Like, this is Juliet. This is Romeo. This is maybe. You know, yeah. it's very it's it, there's a lot of there's a lot of controversy actually as to how all this stuff came about yeah. and if what has survived was actually what was presented 
to the Elizabethan audiences at the Old Globe. Yeah. And whether he even wrote them. Whether or not he actually wrote them. Well, that's what we know. I mean, history is still a lot of speculation based on facts. Shakespeare may not have been a real person. You know? It really is. We still speculate, Mm. oh, that must have been what this was for. This is how they used this. Yeah. Hmm. You know? Anthropology is. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not necessarily... You connect one of those wrong dots, and you're in a whole different area than what really happened. You know, yep. it's really hard. That's what I'm saying. It's just really hard yeah, to no, say what it was actually like. I was in Shakespeare's house. Now you've disturbed me. Whose house was I in if it wasn't his? <laughs> Someone else from that time. Yeah. Well, there's there's several different spellings of William Shakespeare, but that wasn't uncommon for the time. People would spell names differently depending on their level of education. And well, you, he had to be forged like then too. Right? I mean, there well, had to be some. There's a lot of people who who argue that Shakespeare was multiple people. That he was, it was like written, a theater company almost. That yeah, there like was a group of people who wrote Buddha his plays or, and they all, or Jesus. You yeah, know, like, and they all got credited with being Shakespeare. They wrote under the name of Shakespeare, but they well, he know. had to have been plagiarized too. I mean, like if you saw a play in Venice and went to Russia, then you could. I mean, back in the day before Google and stuff, you wouldn't even know that there was another play. You know, two thousand miles away of somebody doing your play, pawning it off as their own. Yeah, right. Like that would have been real easy to get away with back in the day. So I could see a lot of people being like, "Oh yeah, no, just say it's a Shakespeare play," and spelling it wrong. And you know, so maybe he got credited with stuff that actually wasn't his. Maybe some of the crap that's in there was actually written by other people and plagiarized and all that. There's really just no way to know. Yeah. Well, Zach, you're you're we're we're we're. Tiptoeing around one of the major like issues in, in theater theater dramaturgy today, which is which the the authorship controversy of Shakespeare is that it could have very well have been. But does it matter? No, it doesn't. Yeah, because I mean, words. he still brought all this literary, you know, like whoever it was, whatever it was, like these things exist and they have been influential regardless of where they came from. It's like the source doesn't really matter. Like the the purpose they fulfilled was still is still valid, mm-hmm. For right? Sure. Well, it's like who wrote the Bible? I mean, you know, realistically, no one person sat down and wrote the Bible, right? So I right. think Shakespeare, in some ways, King is James, right. yeah, well, <laughs> perhaps he just edited it. Yeah, he, yeah, he edited. He was the editor. Edited no, by. But I always felt Shakespeare was a an individual, but had maybe editors and people helping him. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I'm sure, it was a collaborative effort. You know, yeah. I mean, who? I mean, like Shakespeare. Like we could, you know, one day find some evidence that Shakespeare was just like this term for like a writers' guild, and so maybe sure. it was like crowdsourced between forty-five people. Yeah. Like, yeah. who knows? Maybe because you wrote a pen that was called a Shakespeare. You know, because you you wiggled it and shook it when you as you were drawing. I'm just saying. See, oh, coming back to what's the matter, Max? Cut out your tongue. No, a cat's got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I was thinking we saw Faust uh, when I was uh, in high school, and I always thought Faust was a competitor of Shakespeare, which it turns out he was. But then again, you, again, who was Faust? And then you read all that. So you really begin to wonder how all this stuff really transpired, how it passed through history. Like Goethe? Like the playwright? Yes. The German dude? Yeah, that dude. Okay. Yeah. So how could Faust be a competitor of Shakespeare? When he's a German dude and they're different. But I don't know. But that was always the impression I had that. Uh, could have been Francis Bacon. It could have been Christopher Marlowe. It could have been the, uh, the what is it, the Duke of something. There's a, there's a royal that is uh, 
rumored to be possibly Shakespeare, but wrote under the pseudonym because, of course, royalty couldn't lower themselves to write plays for the common folk. Well, and all this information has been passed down for 500 years, man. So I who, wish Kevin was here. Who Kevin knows? He's been – we've had – You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like who knows? Like if – I mean it's real easy for a piece of misinformation that gets transferred yeah. down to change – like to like send you off on a tangent that's not yeah. quite – and so then oh. things don't start to mesh up. They're like, like a, well, but hold on. He was in this – state doing this play at this time and it's like well maybe one of the other pieces can, is wrong you can see how one sentence if passed around and whispered to right. 20 people gets completely misconstrued right so imagine yeah. so i mean one newspaper article in 1896 and maybe that's what we know about henry ford today you know because of one newspaper article that got researched but maybe it was wrong in the first place mm-hmm. you know we're fallible people certainly what were you gonna some say, of ben? you are <laughs> what ben's the pope <laughs> I don't remember. Okay. Oh, I, I, I was kind of a Pawn Stars moment is what I just had there when I was like, you know, I got a buddy who knows a lot about Shakespeare. Let me, let me call <laughs> him in. Yeah, let me call him in, yeah. Gotcha. I got a friend who knows all about, you know, antique cars from 1962. <laughs> I love that show. You guys ever watched it? History has just always been really interesting. Like, It, it really <laughs> is because it's, it, it is connecting dots and then a lot of speculation. Yeah. Storytelling. Lots yeah, of story, history it is. storytelling. It, it really true. is. It's, our it's connecting dots. It's taking little individual bits of knowledge and, and trying to make them connect and in some punching way. Punching them in the face. I don't know. No, it's right. I, it's, history's fascinating to me. It really is. Mm-hmm. Well, every time they find a body in the ice, man, there's like it reveals things that we didn't know. Uh, but, you know, so it changes something that we've always thought to be the case. Like sure. in like Encino Man, when we learned that cavemen really just want to party. Yeah, that's very, that's <laughs> very true. We use the juice, you know. But they recently found that one guy and he was wearing like animal hides from several different animals, which they didn't know at the time that they interacted with other animals like this or whatever. So it was like it just kind of proved that in this one area – that they would actually, you know, they would hunt and kill anything. Whereas before, it was believed that they mostly focused on this or mostly focused on that. But that proved it to be, sure, you know, a little bit of misinformation. And the reality is, I mean, he, that dude or chica could have got it from trading with other tribes. right with we other tribes. No yeah, it could have been an elaborate trading system back sure. in the day. The Native American trading system could have been super elaborate. But since they didn't write anything down, we don't really know that that is part of their history. Like, what do you know about how the Cherokee, Choctaw, Apache? And, I mean, surely there was trading before the white man came. Like, we know nothing about it because nothing was written down. But there could have been a super elaborate all the way down to Mexico, all the way up into Canada. You know, the Canadian, uh, you know, uh, natives might have been able to, you know, purchase sure. Mexican goods back Absolutely. in, the, you know, 900 years ago. Who knows? The Massa. There was a giant mm-hmm. land you know, Who knows? Yeah. From Canada to Mexico. <laughs> did, did, Called the California coastline. Did we Did we decide what a Dickens is? Did we... <laughs> A Dickens is a, a, is a fake turtleneck. I told you. <laughs> That's a dicky. Oh, damn it. That's what I know. I learned that. He's an author. author maybe from... a Dickens is like just like the same thing but with underwear where maybe it's just you only wear the top part of the boxers just so they can hang <laughs> out of your pants. Band. So when you bend over, people <laughs> are like, yep, with a flap. he's wearing it's underwear. Classy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. I told you I used to do the dicky thing with my socks in the army because you have to wear black socks, but they make my feet stink. So I just wore white socks and just cut the tops off of black socks and had those sticking up above my boots so those could be a dickens i guess 
Okay. Well, yeah, I'm down with that. What the Dickens? <laughs> What's the Dickens? I wonder where that does come from. Hmm. What the Dickens? I don't know. Either I don't way, know. whatever you research is probably going to be misinformation somewhere along the line. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Kids, you heard it here. Don't bother researching <laughs> or doing anything or learning a thing because you it's don't It's all know lies and conspiracy. No, I would, I don't even say, bother learning anything. School I would, I would say it does have to brain. do with Charles Dickens, though. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. I do too. I think your like, first point he's was a, well taken. Yeah, like a, he's a fictional writer. You know, so maybe just like what the Dickens could well, have he, been well, doing. He himself is not fictional. He was a fictional writer. He doesn't exist. He wrote fiction. <laughs> he doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> oh, someone created he him. He was maybe. created by Shakespeare. <laughs> of course. Okay. Or Faust. <laughs> <David> <laughs> Copperfield, <laughs> Great Expectations. Yeah. Tale of Two Cities. Good stuff. Uh, Tale of Two Cities. The Christmas Tale or whatever that is. Christmas Carol, yeah. Christmas Carol. Which I still need to read. I actually want to read that book. So what I'm curious about is because, Ben, you were talking about how he was paid by the word. So that means he was releasing all of those novels. Like those were not released as novels. They were released as in like weekly periodicals Mm -hmm. and newspapers. Oh, okay. So I wonder if what the Dickens doesn't come from like the throwaway 37th page of A Tale of Two Cities where it's just like describing – you right, know, a, a like an a excerpt that doesn't, right? Exactly. An excerpt that really that moves yeah. no yeah. piece of plot along. I think they yeah. were released more as like periodicals, okay, like like a chapter at a time kind of thing, okay. And you would buy like you know the pages, and then eventually you could get a book. It like also could have been up with a book, but from a column that he maybe had I'm wrong called "What the Dickens." Maybe he just like <laughs> goings on about town in London or whatever. Right. And you it's should called start what a column the in our paper called "What the Pickens." What the Pickens? <laughs> and that would be amazing. But, but you see what I'm saying? Like it yeah. could have been something as easy as that. Like ah, I'm starting a new column, just like with you. Like ah, I'm writing for this uh, yeah. this website. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the name of your c- column? Uh, what the Dickens? And it's just I just kind of talk about goings on around London. Yeah, really could have come from that. Is yours? Yours should be called from the Saracistan front. Like grinds my gears. When we're yeah. on family. You know what grinds my gears? So it could have been something like that. Where he's I'm like, for. he's like, ah, you can never there find you a coach when you need to. Uh, yeah, no, what, the you. what the Dickens? What the Dickens? You know it really grinds my gears when my engine's not lubricated properly. That's good. All quiet on the Sarakistan front. I was thinking about what you pointed out on the the chapters, and and what I remember from studying English back in the day is that that a lot of books really were chapters and released as chapters, and then put together as a book, or something sold out and something became popular, and the author took it and expanded it. Huh. So that really is valid. It was through magazines because there weren't really books per se yeah. that were very that, popular. Yeah. It was more periodical kind of things. And I can see that. And I think that's really the origin of how a lot of books came to – at least in the, in the day. They were compiled essentially. Absolutely. Yeah. And in fact, there were stories. One, one author in particular that I remember reading in, in school was – it was all periodicals and journals. And then they put them together and became a good book. And yeah. so at least a book. I don't know. Let's say it was a good book. I could see that being the. But you also had your popular con- like Poor Richard's Almanac, Ben Franklin, like that would. Yeah, that was the, just an advice. The popular medium that kind of makes yeah. sense, man. Like that's that's the way you would get your information out because they didn't probably necessarily have bookstores. It's probably impossible to get your book out. I mean, you probably just couldn't go and bind. Hey, man, I'll need ten thousand copies of my new book. You know, that probably wasn't very popular back then. No. I could see it being typed up and given to a newspaper. Probably not, yeah. Would probably be the most popular way to do that back then. Like, And I think that's what would feasible. happen. You'd release it through a newspaper and you'd have your story. And so it would be a continuing saga, almost like our cartoons in the papers are today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doonesbury, where you have a character and sure. you just flow through that character. 
I think a lot of our novels, a lot of our stories came through that. It's interesting. Right. I bet it did. Before publishing probably became a little easier and, and yeah. you know, because you think about it, because you got to, like, they're not going to keep that block of text for one page. They're going to make, you know, 40 copies of that one page, 100 copies, several hundred, and then they got to reset that type. Right. Otherwise, they got stacks and stacks and stacks of little print letters and stuff. And they yep. go, where are they going to keep all that stuff? They're not mm-hmm. going to do that. No, and they're not going to re, re, redo it over and over and over again because yeah. you wanted a copy of a book. Hey, can I get that book? Yeah, but just give me about six weeks and I'll have it. Uh, yeah, I got the first chapter for you. So you probably have like those first editions that are, you know, one of several hundred. That's why they're worth so much money. I mean, just mm-hmm. how much effort and time went into printing one book uh, or even one chapter of one book. What the Dickens? What the <laughs> Dickens? <laughs> what the Dickens would possess somebody to do that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's crazy. What the Dickens? Yeah. Do you have any other good favorite authors from that time period? Do you uh, like Charles Dickens? As the, I've as never the read any Charles Dickens. I've read I like a little David bit of Charles Dickens. That was really good. Especially when he makes the Statue of Liberty disappear. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. What's the, uh, the <laughs> yeah, one about I mean, the orphan? Claudia Schiffer? <laughs> I mean, what's the don't. orphan? The orphan one. Great uh, Expectations? No, not that Oliver? One. Oliver Twist. Yeah. Did Charles Dickens that's, write that? Uh, that's Dickens, isn't it? Maybe. Where he was the orphan sure. that was like, he was a pickpocket. I remember the story. I like the, the movie. Yeah. Dodger. Yeah, Is the that... Artful Dodger. Very clever. Huh. Yeah, I believe that was Charles Dickens. <clears throat> more. Ollie Twist. More. That's all I remember. That's all I remember. Yeah, interesting. I, I think so. Mm, sure. Charles Dickens. Yeah. What Rude the Dickens? What I'm the Shakespeare? Shakespeare? You know, if there, I would be uh, glad to be. Yeah, if Mark Cobb would have gotten the job instead of Charles Dickens, we'd say, "What the Cobb?" Right now, what the Cobb, maybe, or maybe we'll find out that that has nothing to do with, like that phrase. I'm, in, I'm interesting or... to to hear your notes. Yeah. On the show, because you will research this, I'm assuming. Uh, I will. They probably yeah. won't be released to the public, but one day, someday. Well, at least you'll have the knowledge to be able to tell me Perhaps. about it. Perhaps. I will be able to shoot you a text. And For all of you, know. you people out there, if Max doesn't decide to tell you, you know, you can Google that shit yourself, too. That's right. So. You can do the legwork. Yeah. Or maybe, were? Max, you'll put a book together chapter by chapter, chapter. by chapter. And we'll print it. <laughs> we'll just print it old school. On a Gutenberg press. One paragraph at a time. Yeah, on yeah. a Gutenberg press. A 900-page book, one paragraph <laughs> at a time. That's how they all get written. That's yeah. true. One word at a time. Yeah, totally. At an English in. prof, and the English professor at college said to me one time, I was talking about writing poetry, and his name was James Reese. He was a pretty good poet, and he had been published a lot. And so I had a one-on-one with him, and we were going through my poetry, and he said, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He said, when you start your poem, do you know what it's going to end like? And I said, no, I have an idea. He said, well, can I give you a suggestion? He said, what's that? He said, kind of figure out the ending a little bit before you start uh, writing it. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. It's all and about the journey. It's not about the destination. Well, that's what I thought. Reese. And he said, Reese, he was tough on me. Anyway, so I got bees. But anyhow, he was pretty interesting. He said, yeah. He said, when I write a poem, he said, I kind of know where I'm going in a direction. He said, I think it'd be good if you sort of had a point in, in a direction. He said, whether it's north, south, east, west. He said, I don't care. Just have one. Yeah. I said, Okay. I had a I had a professor. I took I I for a brief moment in my life I aspired to be a writer, and and I took uh, I took this poetry class called uh, Man's Poetry or something. It was something really pretentious, and it was, this, it was taught by this guy named Vikram Rangala, and he was uh, really he was Vikram. kind of the he was a very interesting guy, and he he lived in the honors dorm like as the 
professor advisor or whatever. And so he had like this little house behind the dorms and he would invite a few of his classes over and he would like sit in the, we'd have a barbecue and he played the sitar and he would bring it out. It was fucking awesome actually. But (laughs) this guy was like the most pretentious writer I've ever met. And so I, I wanted to be just like him at the time. (laughs) And, and, and he, and, and he would always say like, uh, you know, kind of the same, same things like, you know, no, no, you know, when I write poetry, I, I know exactly what word to pick and I don't, I don't wander down the path of finding my way to the end of this poem like you do. <laughs> and I was like, what? what? And, he, and he's like, you know, a lot of people say life is about the journey. And I say, just do it right the first time. <laughs> I was like. Well, it just that had a big impact on me, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, that, that, there's there's there is something to be said about it." I mean, he was I mean, he knew what the hell he was talking about. Easy for him to say. We were all a bunch of pretentious practice. Yeah, yeah. We were we were you know, and then I took this like he had a fiction writing class that we took, and then we had to like share, and I didn't know we had to share, and I wrote something really stupid, like just awful. Just it was I think it was like you know some like fanfic for Warhammer 40k or something. It was like really bad, like science fictiony. Not, and it was oh god. See, I, I was. I think I had to share it, that, and I was like, that was probably one of the most more embarrassing moments of my life. Wow. I think anything you put on paper, man. Like as long as you know structure. If you <laughs> if you say I'm going to write this type of poem, whatever you put down there is to to me is good is yeah. art. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Whether whether it translates or other people get it or it becomes popular or whatever is irrelevant. To me, you know, like if you if you feel poetry inside you and you write poetry, then it's good poetry. It doesn't necessarily make it publishable. Doesn't necessarily make anybody else want to do it. But you know, whatever. You know, does that make sense? It's like sure. it's your art, man. It's like as long as you're, unless you're trying to expression. Yeah. yeah, unless you're writing the poem. Yeah. You know, like like I would have for class. You know, like oh, this sucks, man. I, I got to have eight syllables. Here, you know, whatever this or that. You know. Um, as long as it's not strictly mechanical, as long as there's feeling into it, man, I, I would believe that with songwriting and everything, you can tell feeling sure. and feeling is what, you know, what, what, you know, emits out to other people. That's when I, people start to feel it and enjoy it, and buy yeah. it. I would say as long as it makes you, and this is the best advice you'll probably receive on this show. As long as it makes you say to yourself, what the Dickens? Mm. <laughs> I think it's worth writing. Yeah, you know, let's close with that. That was, that that was that nice. And on that note, thanks for downloading and listening to Ignorant and Uninformed, America's favorite podcast. We have been your wordless hosts, Mister Maximus Sarakistan Sarak. What the Dickens, Mister Benji Pickens? Ah, what the Dickens? And I am Ben <laughs> Hollywood. What the Dickens, Whitmore? And a special thanks to our guest in studio, Mr. Gary Serac. Thanks for being with us here today, Gary. My pleasure. And by the way, what the dickens. What the dickens. <laughs> Make sure you download all the podcasts at ignorantuninformed.com. Send us your topics to topics at ignorantuninformed.com. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash ignorantuninformed. Or twank us on the Twitter at ignorant. We're going to be back next week with a brand new episode of Hot Ass Freshness. All up in your grill. Peace off.